The New Testament reading is taken from Mark 12, verse 38 to 44. This can be found in your Pew Bibles on page 1018. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasure than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Am I on? Okay. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. Amen. If I was to sum up what I'm going to say to you, it'd be summed up in this very simple question. What yardstick are you using? What yardstick are you using? I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, There was a man in Cambridge, driving through Cambridge, just a few weeks ago, um, and he was being tailgated by a rather frustrated driver. Uh, this, this lady was quite desperate to get ahead of him, but was struggling to do so. As she, she was in a desperation, she was getting more and more frustrated. The man actually approached a junction, and the light suddenly turned from green to amber. And he stopped. Now, I guess he could have, if he'd have put his foot down, driven through the the junction. And he probably would have got through, and and she would have probably got through, in sufficient time to, to be just safe. But instead, he stopped at the junction, and he allowed pedestrians to cross. Well, the woman behind him was absolutely furious. She nearly sat on her horn, honking. She, she even wound down her window and threw out a tirade of abuse that I can't, I can't re-quote here. She was a little surprised when, uh, in her passenger side, a policeman knocked on her window. Cut a long story short, she ended up being pulled into the policeman's car, and he checked a few of her details. And after checking a few things, her insurance, her license, etc., he gave her back her documents, and, and he said, look, I'm really sorry about that, but when I heard you blowing on your horn, and 
heard the, the abusive language coming from you, I, I looked at the, the back of your car and I saw that, that Christian fish symbol. And I, and I saw, I saw the, the sticker on your bumper that said, follow me to Sunday school. And I thought, the car must be stolen. <laughs> now, I tell you that story for this reason. You see, it's quite easy for us, even as Christians, to, you know, for seemingly good reasons, to fall into a system of values and behaviors that look nothing like the behaviors of God. Nothing like the values that God would have us have. So I ask you this question again. What yardstick are you using? You know, to judge the things that you're doing are of value to God. What yardstick are you using to judge that? Now, at this stage, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, hang on, Basil, you're going off piste a little bit. Um, surely, the passage of Scripture that we've just read is all about contrasting the, uh, the greed and the pride of the scribes, the teachers of the law, with the generosity and humility of the widow. Surely this is about the true spirituality that's shown by the widow and how it outshines the false spirituality of the scribes. And I would say yes to all of the above. That's quite correct. We need to avoid greed. We need to avoid pride that comes before a fall. We, we, we understand all of that. But to simply think that this teaching that Jesus, Jesus has given is just about greed and about pride is missing the point. Jesus has a more fundamental truth to make here, and I'm going to tell you what it is. His point is this. Things that are valued by men can be quite different than the things that are valued by God. I'll say that again. The things that are of value to men can be quite different to the things that are valued to God. Now, try and figure this. When Jesus is talking to his followers at this point, he's making it quite clear to them, don't be fooled. Don't simply drift into accepting what the eye sees or what the ear hears. Know what yardstick you are using so that you can judge, truly judge, what is of value to God. It's quite easy for us to adopt the value system of the prevailing um, society we're in. It's quite easy to fall in with what others say, or even develop our own value system, our own set of beliefs. We don't even notice that we're doing it. We don't notice, but Jesus notices. Jesus notices. So again, I ask you this. What yardstick are you using? What yardstick are you using? So, okay, let's just go to the Scripture text. We're starting off at verse 38. And Jesus uses these words. He starts off by saying, watch out. Watch out for the teachers of the law. Now, I don't want you to miss the shock factor that's in these words here. Because I think they can be easily missed. 
Jesus says a lot of shocking things in the, the New Testament, which we don't have time to go through now. But this is potentially quite shocking as well. Let me just remind you about who the people he says you are to watch out for. These are the people who, whose business it is to study the law. They act as theologians. They act as lawyers. They act as people who assist others with their financial and spiritual needs. They're hired on occasions where maybe there's a written document that's needed. They're hired when there's an interpretation needed on a point of the Mosaic law. The point I'm making is this. Of all the learned people in society, these are the creme. They are the creme de la creme. These are learned men, and everyone knew it. And I'll tell you something else about this, this particular group of people. We, today, can thank this particular group for preserving what we call the Old Testament Scripture, as we know it. Because these guys were meticulous about copying the law, copying the Old Testament. And they copied it meticulously, accurately, copying it and making sure it's an exact copy of the original text. Even to the extent that they counted the letters in the words. They even counted the spaces to make sure that they were doing an exact replica of what was in the Old Testament scriptures. So, Jesus is talking about a group of people who are amongst the highest in the Jewish society in first century Palestine. They're more knowledgeable than, than anyone else. These people taught the law. These people knew the law. But Jesus still says, watch out for them. Now, I can imagine followers looking at each other while Jesus teaches this and thinking, well, if these people are people that we're not to follow, we're not to watch out for, well, who do we follow? I want you to understand that this would not necessarily, necessarily be an intuitive thing for the followers to absorb. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to try and imagine a few things. Because Jesus goes on to explain why you're to watch out for them. He starts to describe the sort of things that they're doing. And you see in the verses, he starts to say, he talks about their flowing robes. Their flowing robes. Marking them out as important people. And as they walk through the marketplace, people making respectful gestures to them, acknowledging their, their importance. And then Jesus talks about, you know, in the synagogue, they take the, the highest seats, seats in the high places, where, where everyone can see them and they can see everyone. Do you see what the problem is? Do you see that their pride, in their pride, they've forgotten that the honor belongs to God? They've forgotten that they've developed a value system that's nothing to do with God. It's about being honored by men. And they forget about the humble obedience that's needed to God. And they've not even noticed their error. They've not noticed Jesus has noticed. Jesus has noticed. And it gets worse. 
Because in the first part of verse 40, Jesus explains that these are the people who devour widows' houses and make long prayers. They devour widows' houses. I want, to, I want you to make sure you understand the, the extent of what's going on here. I have a view that one of the key tests for the church, as far as God is concerned, is always going to be how well we have looked after the needy. How well have we looked after those that can't look after themselves? Because it's a theme throughout Scripture time and time again. And in the Old Testament, and particularly in Deuteronomy, you'll, you'll see this, how God makes it very clear that there are certain groups that you need to take care of. He, he explains that the Levites is, is one group. They're the priestly tribe. They have no share in the land. You've got to take care of them. The foreigner, the person that's an alien in your land, take care of them. But he also very clearly marks out the widow as a group that you need to take care of. Because in a patriarchal society, where the man owns absolutely everything, a, man without, sorry, a woman without a husband, a woman without a son, is completely destitute. She has no means of providing for herself, and she has no protection. She needs help, and God commands that you help these people. But somehow, by the time that Jesus is on the scene, these scribes are described as devouring widows' houses. Whatever they're doing, they are oppressing a group of people that Jesus, God has made very, very clear, you need to protect. They haven't even noticed that they're causing oppression. They haven't noticed. But Jesus notices. Jesus notices. And by the end of verse 40, Jesus says, these men will be post, punished most severely. Why? Because there is no way on God's earth that these guys can say, I didn't know. They can't say, I didn't understand. These are the men that are the most learned in Jewish society at the time. They know the law. They teach the law. They follow the law, but they don't obey the law. Somehow, they hadn't noticed that the value system that they had adopted was one that was about being honored by men and not honoring God. They hadn't noticed, but Jesus noticed. Moving on to verses 41 and 42, the widow. Now, I'm going to just give you a little bit of context here. Um, in, in Jerusalem at the time, there would have been a, a temple and the temple had several parts. At the, at the western end, your west, the western end, uh, there was what we call the Holy of Holies, the place where God was said to dwell. At the eastern end was what we call the court of the women. It's quite a large part of the temple. It's mainly outside. It's an outdoor area, courtyard. And it would, it would have been surrounded by colonnades, a colonnade on the outer edge. And within that, that colonnaded area would have been uh, boxes, a number of boxes where you put your collection, your offerings. And it's in this courtyard area that Jesus would have sat 
when he made these observations. Okay? So you went to uh, the treasury in the court of the women to make your offering, your sin offering, your guilt offering. The wealthy people, Jesus notes, drops large amounts of money in there. Now notice that Jesus doesn't condemn the large amounts of money. That's not what he does. What he does do is he says that this woman's offering, even though it's just two pennies, is larger than the rest. There's something about the widow's attitude that strikes a chord with the Lord. And I think it's something to do with this. Jesus knows that it, in a situation where we have very little, in a situation where we're quite desperate, our impulse, our reaction is to generally say, well, these couple of pennies are not going to make much difference. The, the, the treasury won't notice if I don't put this money in there. The tendency is to say, oh, well, you know what? I'll just put one of the coins and I'll keep the other. Jesus knows this. Now, I want you to try and imagine this, if you will. Try and see this in your mind's eye. Um, we're in the Near East. We're in the court of the women, the outer part of the temple. And there's this old lady. And she's carrying all that she has in terms of her worldly possessions. Two coins. Two very small, cheap, worthless almost coins. And she goes to one of the boxes... And she drops the money in. The the coins are so small, so insignificant, that they hardly even make a sound as they enter the box. They're so small, so insignificant. She throws that money in, and she thinks nobody notices. She thinks nobody's seen. But Jesus notices. Jesus has noticed. See her now. Try and see her. She's probably got, you know, some sort of shawl over her head. And she's, she's probably got her head down. I can Im- just imagine her leaving the, the court. And she's probably thinking to herself, if only I had another couple of pennies. If only I had another couple of pennies, I'd throw those into the box as well. And she thinks, nobody understands how I feel. Nobody even notices. But Jesus notices. Jesus has seen all of this where nobody has noticed. You see, if if this teaching that Jesus is drawing the attention to is, is all about pride and greed, all about humility, it would be relatively easy for us to to sort out. See, I don't think that that is our big stumbling block here in Cambridge today. I don't think it's the flowing robes that Rob wears that's our problem. I I don't think that's it. I don't think it's the pride thing that's the, the main stumbling block for us. I think it's our value system. And I think it's getting mixed up about what is of true value to God versus what is of value to us as human beings. 
let me put it this way. I've, I've often thought to myself that we are extremely, and I, I still believe this, we are extremely fortunate to live in the country that we do, where we're able to speak freely, where we're able to, to come together and worship without being persecuted. That is not a given in every part of this world. But you know something? In those parts of the world where you are oppressed, if you decide to stand up for Christ, it's quite obvious that you're doing so. I think it's less obvious in the society that we're in. In a society where it is a much more tolerant society. In a society where we're accepting of others and accepting of a set of values that seem to be quite consistent for all of us. It can get quite confusing about which value systems we're adopting. And we can get mixed up. Are they the value systems that come from our God? Or are they simply a set of values that comes from the society that we're in? Let me just give you an example. A couple of examples. You're trying to invite a friend, a neighbor, to church. You are enthusiastic about doing so. You want them to meet Christ. And so you do everything you can. You talk to them about the love of Christ. You talk to them about you know, how, how Jesus has done wonderful things in your life. You talk to them about all of these positive things. But you don't mention to him that the God that we serve is a God that also judges. The God that we serve is a God who demands that before you walk with him, you need to make sure you've understood and counted the cost of walking with him. We don't want to do that because, you know what, that's a bit preachy. That doesn't fit in with how our society works. And we're going to be uncomfortable doing that. I ask you, what yardstick are you using? What yardstick are you using? When you, I know that it's a good thing to invite someone to church. Of course it's a good thing. But it's never a good thing if what we're going to do is only give half the story of who our God is. Or another tough example for us, and, and you know, some of these things are really tough, but imagine, imagine your daughter comes home and she says, Dad, um, I've been going out with my boyfriend for, for quite a few months now. And we've been talking about getting married. But what we thought we'd do is, is live together for a while. Just to make sure we, we get to know each other first. W what do you think, Dad? When you give advice into that situation, what yardstick will you use? Is it going to be one that is God's yardstick? Or is it going to be one that is dictated by a society that tries to be more accommodating, tries to say the things that don't, doesn't offend? What yardstick are you going to use? If this was simply about, don't be proud, don't be greedy, it would be simple. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. His fundamental message is, what values are you adopting? Because I tell you, not all the values that surround us are from God. 
What yardstick will you use? And sometimes you might even not notice that the yardstick that you're using um, has been adopted from this world. Sometimes you might not notice. But I tell you, Jesus notices. Jesus notices. Let us pray. Lord God, we're thankful to you that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We thank you, and we understand that not all of your teaching is easy. We pray that you will challenge us, that you will uplift us to always stand up for you in every part of our lives. Challenges, be with us. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen.